Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Feels like we just started this thing. Like it feels like it was just the first week of Advent, and now here we are in the final week. Uh, it's crazy how quickly time flies by, especially around the holidays. But here we are, final week of Promise and Prophets. And what we've been doing all throughout this series is we have been looking at different prophets from Scripture, people who, who God raised up to speak truth and declare truth about the coming future reality, specifically the coming of Jesus. And so we've, we were three weeks in. This is our fourth week. We've been looking at the different prophets who have prophesied, who have predicted Jesus' coming, uh, and what it, they said and what it means for us today. So week one, if you were with us, Pastor Brenda spoke, and she talked about the prophet Isaiah. And the prophet Isaiah, he prophesied, he predicted that when God would come, what it would mean is that God would become Emmanuel. He would be a God who is with us. Not a God who, up to this point, gods were far. Gods were distant. Gods were not personal. But with this prediction, with what Isaiah was saying, he's like, no, this is, this is going to be a game changer. Because God is going to come and he's actually going to be with us. He's going to dwell amongst us. He is going to be with us. Us. And so that's what we talked about week one. Week two, we talked about the idea and the prophecy of the man uh, by the name of Micah. He prophesied that Jesus would be born in a small little town called Bethlehem. And uh, this is a little, just tiny, insignificant town. But because Jesus was born in Bethlehem, because God moved in Bethlehem, it's a city that everyone remembers. People who uh, don't follow Jesus. People who only know a little bit about Scripture or about the Bible would be able to tell you that Jesus is born in Bethlehem, right? Because God did something in that city. And in the same way, we may feel small, we may feel insignificant at times and purposeless, but if God is allowed to move in us, he can bring something great out of us, just like he did in the city of Bethlehem. We've just got to be willing to allow him to move in us. And then last week, Week three, we were talking about the prophet Jeremiah and how Jeremiah predicted and prophesied that when Jesus would come, he would be a God who fights for us, a God who is for us. And I let you guys know last week, that one probably sticks out to me the most because I need a God who fights for me because I'm so constantly fighting against me. Like, I, I am so constantly shooting myself in the foot. I'm so constantly messing things up on my own. And so I need someone who is looking out for me. I need a God who is for me. And so God is with us, God is in us, and God is for us, which brings us to where we are today. And you just heard Pastor Donnie read a moment ago from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. I want to read those one more time as we start off today. This is what Isaiah predicted. For to us a child is born, for us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Doesn't that get you excited knowing that's who our God is? Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on till forever. Jesus is God given to us. I love how Isaiah opens his prediction. He says, for us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. God has come and he has been given to 
us. And now one of the things we're really going to hit on today, we're really going to focus in on this idea, and I love this, is that we've been looking at all these prophets talking about Jesus, right? Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah, all of these people who have talked about Jesus, spoken of Jesus. But what we're going to focus in on today is that when Jesus came, when he was born, when he entered the picture, everything changed. Because suddenly, God went from being spoken of to God speaking for himself. God was not spoken of anymore. When Jesus enters the picture, when he comes into our situation, God starts speaking for himself. He proclaims life and truth. He promises to crush the enemy underfoot. He gives us hope of a new reality of peace and truth. And that can be ours. That can be ours because of the gift of Jesus. So today, if you're taking notes, today's sermon title is Too Good to Be True. Too Good to Be True. That's something we can say about promises that people make, right? Sounds too good to be true. And unfortunately, a lot of times, that's the case, right? When people make promises, it's something we've discussed. Pastor Brenda's discussed this a lot in week one of this series. Promises are broken a lot. Like they just are. Promises get broken time and time again. Um, In fact, I think for me, one of the hardest kind of promises to take, one of the hardest kind of promises to be able to trust in and to be able to say, okay, I'll I'll believe you. I believe that this is going to come through is what I call telephone promises. Have you guys ever played the game telephone? Anybody ever played anybody online? You know, it's you give a message to somebody else, they give it to the next person, and it gets from start to finish, and by the time it gets there, it's it's crazy and it's all muddled. Um, I feel like that's how a lot of promises are. There is a person and the the promiser, but in between the two, there's a lot of middlemen, a lot of people who who muddy the message, who muddy the the promise, and I see this happen a lot. This has happened to me. Anytime, (laughs) if you work in customer service on a phone, I'm sorry, I, I don't, this is not a personal attack, <laughs> but man, let me tell you, just about every time I'm on a phone call with customer service, it's a bad experience. It just, I heard an amen, amen, hallelujah, right? About to get shouted down. It's bad. It's just not good, right? You, you spend uh, forever pressing buttons, trying to talk to someone, um, and some of the worst ones, they don't even let you press a button. They're like, say yes or no. They're like, yes. Okay, you said no. You're like, no, 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 I didn't say no. You just said no again. No, I'm saying yes. Like, ah, like it's just so, so aggravating. Um, and so after waiting forever, you finally talk to a person. You finally get a person. You talk to them. You're explaining your issue. If it's like Spectrum or DirecTV, you're like, this is, can you please just get someone out? Please get this fixed. And you hear them. You hear the, like you hear that they're, they're, they're typing. They're clicking and clacking all over the keyboard. You're like, okay, they're, they're taking notes. Like they're, they're, they're listening to what I'm saying. Um, and you get to the end of the call, like, sir, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to do this for you. I'm not going to be able to help you, but I'm going to have a supervisor get in contact with you. They're going to reach back out to you. We've got your callback number, and you're, like, pleading with them, like, please, for love, don't, don't, don't hang up on me. Like, I can't get off this call because I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. All this stuff I just told you, all this stuff that I've just been relaying to you and I've been trying to, to, to get you to help me, all of these things that you've been taking copious notes on is going to vanish, and I'm going to have to do this whole process again. I know it. Sir, I promise you. I promise you, sir. I've been taking notes. The next person who calls you, they'll be able to pick up right where we left off. And you hang up the phone. 
knowing that's not true. <laughs> and sure enough, the person calls you back. You answer. And they're like, hello, Mr. Young. This is so-and-so with Spectrum. I was calling to uh, reach out and help you. I-, I heard you had an issue. Like, yes, yes, I did. I just spoke with so-and-so. Yeah, so could you just share with me a little bit? They, they-, they filled me in a little bit. And you're like, no, they didn't. They didn't fill you in. You're like, why don't you tell me what my issue is? Like, let's, let's see how good of the notes were. And they have no idea what's going on, right? And you have to explain everything again. And it's so aggravating because the person promised they promised, right? Like, I promise you won't have to go through all this again. I promise we'll take care of it for you. I promise it's going to happen. But the problem is that they're promising on behalf of someone else. They're promising on behalf of someone else. They're a middleman between you and the promise, and it never seems to work out the way that it should. There always seems to be an issue. The message always gets muddled. Anytime someone promises for something else or for someone else or for something else, it just, it gets messed up. I, I love Amazon, and I read the reviews. They help me determine what, what to buy and what not to buy, what to avoid. But even those, as accurate as they can be, mess up from time to time. Uh, we were getting ready to go on vacation, <laughs> me and my wife, and we ordered uh, these sun visors, these, like, static Klingon sun visors that are supposed to go on your windows. And so um, we got ones for our two front windows, and then the back windows are kind of smaller, but they, they advertise, hey, we have ones even for those. Like, oh, perfect. This is great because that's where the kids are going to be sitting, and so it'll make sure it blocks it out. And so I, I looked it up, and it, it said all the reviews hey, this, these things run true to size. So, whatever size you have, that's what it's going to be like whenever it gets here. Don't worry about it. I'm like, okay, cool. So, I measured our back windows, ordered these things. Whenever they came, man, they were like the size of a, of a, a big post it note. Like, <laughs> they were so tiny, it didn't even make sense to put them on in the back windows. I'm like, what in the world? And all these people had promised, all these people had vouched for it, saying these things run true to size, don't worry about it, you can buy them without worrying. And I'm like, I see that kind of stuff, it's that, it's that kind of stuff. It's the customer service phone calls, it's the Amazon reviews, it's the things that make it hard to take someone at their word because it's someone else getting in the middle promising for them. That's one of the reasons I love my glasses. My glasses, I got these, these are, um, these are Warby Parkers. Anybody else? have Warby Parkers, know what Warby Parkers are, right? Anybody online, there's a hand, anybody online. I love these. The reason I love these glasses so much is because you can buy and order them online, um, but a lot of websites, what they'll do is, like, they'll, they'll have you turn on your phone and turn on your camera, and they'll, like, using virtual reality, superimpose the frames on your face and be like, this is what you'll look like. And it just, it looks stupid. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest, it looks stupid. It doesn't actually work. It feels like, oh, this is... It's not going to look like that, though. This is virtual reality. But with Warby Parker, what they do is they have a free try-at-home kit. So you can go online. You can shop up to five different frames that you like, and then they send them to you for free. And they get to your house pretty quick. So you can try these things on, see how they fit before you make a purchase, and it's free, which is awesome. You know why I love that so much? There is no middleman. <laughs> it's just me and the actual glasses, me in the real deal. There, there's no one in the middle saying, ah, I know this is what the picture looks like, but I'm sure they'll work. I, I promise they'll look good. <laughs> like, no, I can actually see for myself. They come directly to me. I can trust that. The thing that makes it hard is how can I trust someone or something that I can't see? I'm just taking someone else's word for it. How can I trust something when I can't really engage with the person or the thing or interact with the person or thing. I'm basically just taking someone else's word for it. And and we don't do that with important promises, do we? 
I'll just, just take that person's word for it. When you got married, did your spouse show up or did like a substitute show up? Like, hey, they couldn't make it. It's a busy day for them. I'm here in their place. Don't worry, I'll make all the same promises. It'll, it'll be fine. I'll, <clears throat> I'll promise for them that they will be here for better or worse. I'll promise for, no, we wouldn't put up with that. Because for the really important promises, we, we want face-to-face interaction. We want the person to speak for themselves, not through some intermediary, right? We don't want a middleman. We don't want a middleman to get in the way of everything. And as I think about that, I'm like, man, I, I know, and I can admit, I felt that way about God before. Has anyone else ever been there with me? Felt that way about God? Felt like, man, there, there seems to be a lot of middlemen between me and God. Seems to be a lot of people getting in the way of me and what God has promised, telling me exactly how things are going to go. Um, I'm, I'm one of those middlemen. <laughs> I'm your pastor. Pastor Jacob, I, I can be a middleman who's telling you what God promises and tells you what God's going to do in your life and tells you how God's going to come through for you. Um, TV pastors, right, online pastors that you, you love and you listen to, you, you get their podcasts and you listen to them over and over again, or maybe worship leaders or worship bands that you, you like listening to, and all of us advocate and push and say that God is promising X, Y, or Z for you, and it can sound too good to be true, <laughs> right? I, I just talked with a guy last night at our Saturday service after it was over, and he's like, man, I, I just... I've been burned. I have been so burned before by different churches that I've gone to. And he's like, and it's, I'm not even trying to say they're bad people, but I've gone there and they, they encouraged me to tithe and to give because if I do that, then God will do this. Then God will, will bless me and I can promise I'll never not be able to make a bill or all this different stuff. And that just wasn't the case. And I'm frustrated and it's angry. I'm like, I don't blame you. Because you had a middleman between you and the promises of God, and they sold you something that's not true. They told you, oh, no, you can count on it. He'll see that through. Don't worry about it. That's a frustrating thing when trust gets broken, and seemingly it's God who is breaking the trust. If that's you, if you've ever been frustrated, feeling like, man, why can't, can't God just speak for himself? What's, why all the middlemen? If he can raise people from the dead... <laughs> If, if he can part waters, if he can create the universe, he can't just talk to me. It's always got to be through some intermediary. It's always got to be through some middleman who seemingly always has something to profit off of telling me a certain thing or another. Like, really? I, don't, I was talking with a, a, one of our MPs, Wayne Sims, in between services. He's like, yeah, it's a lot like a used car salesman, right? Feeling like someone just, pro- just telling you all the good stuff and, and making all these promises about what God's going to do for your life. And you're like, man, I don't, I don't want to hear that from a middle man. I want to hear from God himself. I want to know that what God is saying, he's backing up and he'll vouch for it and he'll be able to see through. So if that is you, if you've ever felt like, man, I wish God would speak for himself, I want you to know you are not alone. You're not alone. God's people, the, the nation of Israel, how they heard from God for years was through prophets, was through specific people that God would raise up and speak to them and through them, and they would communicate to the rest of the people. And God would give incredible promises, incredible things. We've read about them these last three weeks, just the promises of Jesus, the the prophecy of, of who he would be, that he would be a God who is with us, a God who is in us, a God who is for us. These are amazing, incredible things. And even though all of those promises that we've read from Isaiah, from Micah, from Jeremiah, even though all of those promises are God, 
Because that is God. God's word is God's word. That is God speaking through people. And even though that is God, it's still God speaking through someone. It's still God speaking through someone who isn't you. It's still a middleman, right? It's still someone else. It's still God speaking and making promises through someone else. And that can be hard to take. That can be hard to take whenever so many people who have claimed to be good, godly men and women have screwed up so royally, right? I don't need to belabor the point. We all know the stories. You've all seen the, 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 the news break about scandals from a pastor, from a church, or from some congregation who's doing things that they weren't supposed to do, abusing the position that they have and speaking on behalf of God, saying things that God never said, making promises that God never made. That mistrust, those broken promises, they hurt. They hurt, and they hurt the way we view God, they hurt our trust in him, which this is just a quick aside that I just want to remind everybody about, because I can fall into this too. We all have, if you've been in the Christian world at any, at any time, you all have pastors that you look up to. You have pastors that you listen to their podcast, you watch them online, worship teams that you love, and you get so much out of their music and their lyrics, and they seem great, and I'm sure they are, they're great people, but let me tell you, they are not the hero of the story. No matter how great that pastor is, no matter how great you think I am, I'm not the hero of the story. Pastor Brenda is not the hero of the story. It has always been and only is Jesus. He is the hero of the story. Not even in our current day. When you read scripture, you may have named your kids after people in the Bible. And that's fantastic because there's some great people in the Bible. And guess what? They're not the hero. We've been talking about King David. King David wasn't the hero of his stories. God was. Moses is not the hero of his stories. God is. God, Jesus, is the hero of every single story. And thank God he is because that's who we want to be the hero of our story, someone who can actually see us through and actually fulfill his promises. Every other person will let us down except God. Jesus will always, always, always be good on his word. We can trust in him because he is a God who is with us, He's the God who is in us. He is a God who is for us. And like we're talking about today, he is a God who wants to speak, who wants to work, and who wants to move through us, through you, through every individual in this room, through everybody watching online. God wants to move, work, and speak through you. He wants to fulfill his promises. Every promise that he made, he wants to fulfill them through you, but don't take my word for it. <laughs> don't take my word for it. I want you to hear what scripture says. This is from the book of Hebrews. Man, this, this set of verses, as soon as I knew what we were going to be speaking on for this Christmas series, this idea of, of prophecy, of all these people speaking of Jesus' coming, as soon as I knew that's what we were going to be talking about, I instantly highlighted this set of verses to be what we would end on because it's so good and it's so true. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. So in the past, God spoke to us through the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things, and through him he also made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory, and he is the exact representation of his being 
sustaining all things by his powerful word. What that means is that when Jesus entered the scene, when Jesus came onto the scene, everything changed. Everything. Nothing has been the same. God went from speaking to other people, and that's how you heard his message, to God is speaking through every single person. Again, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us. He's spoken to me, he's spoken to you, he speaks to all of us through his son, Jesus. No more middleman. No more people in the middle muddying up the message, making promises on behalf of God. God speaks for himself now. And that has changed everything. My cousin Sarah, she lives in California, and I hate it because I miss her. Whenever we were growing up, she was like another sibling. We hung out all the time. We're only two years separated, have a lot in common. So we loved hanging out. Um, And it's been hard having her so far out of town, right, like in in California, especially during the pandemic because they're so locked down. She's, like, not been able to come home at all. Like, we haven't seen her in a couple years, and it's just difficult. It's very, very hard. Um, But one of the cool things is how we're still able to keep in touch, right? I mean, we've got FaceTime, which is great. Um, I've actually had, uh, she works at a church out there, and so I've had Zoom meetings where I've gotten to be in meetings with her, which is kind of cool. Um, she sends, she's out there in Disneyland. Our kids love Disney World. She sends us little, like, postcards from Disneyland and stuff to the kids, which is really cool. They love that. Um, we text. We email. We do, we do all these things, and that's great. But there's nothing like when we get to see her face-to-face. Changes everything. It's a game-changer, being able to see her face-to-face, up close, getting to talk with her, getting to hear her emotion, getting to see her and actually hug her and, and just have a good time with each other in person. It changes everything. And you see, before Jesus came, essentially what we read about in the Old Testament time and time again are people who had text messages from God, people who had postcards from God, just little slivers of what God was like, just little shadows of what was coming. But when Jesus came, suddenly God went from being postcards and text messages and at the very best FaceTime calls God went from all of that to suddenly being, no, I am face-to-face, I am in person, and I am with you. Listen again, this is what it says, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. The son is the radiance of God's glory, and he is the exact representation of his being. The book of Colossians puts it this way, God allowed his entire form, his entire deity to exist in Jesus. Everything. So when we look at Jesus, we see God. We see him. Jesus is the perfect representation of his father. He is here and he is with us. He's not a perfect representation that just comes to Pastor Jacob and then I tell you what God is like. He's not a a perfect uh, 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 Jesus has come and he just speaks to Pastor Brenda and Pastor Brenda gets to tell you what it's like. You get to experience it for yourself. You get to experience it for yourself. You can actually be in relationship with God. He can be with you. He can be in you. He can be for you. And he can speak and work and move through you. So what's this mean? What's this mean whenever we look at the overall theme of this series about God making promises? Well, it means don't take my word for it. When it comes to all the promises that God has made, I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to try it for yourself. (laughs) I don't want you to just take me or any of the people else on staff or any of the pastors here. Don't take our word for it. Try God out for yourself. Me and Jessica, uh, my wife, we just went on Friday night. 
We went and saw uh, uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we had our staff Christmas party, and uh, my, my mother-in-law and father-in-law were like, hey, all the kids can stay the night. So as soon as we found that out, we're like, wait, we have a free night? Told Jessica, I'm like, fine tickets. Like, fine, I don't care where we got to go see this thing. Fine, fine tickets. And as long as we're not in the front row breaking our necks trying to watch it, let's go. And so we went and saw it at like 9 o'clock that night. So stinking good. As soon as it was over, I couldn't go to, I couldn't go to sleep. Like, I'm a comic book nerd. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nerd, man. So I went home, the movie's over, and I'm like, I can't go to bed. Like, I feel like I gotta, I gotta do something. That was so good. It was like awesome. It was such a good movie. And when I've talked to people afterward about it and reviews that I've read, I haven't, I'm not spoiling anything. I see some people getting ready to be like, should I cover my ear? No, I'm not spoiling anything. Don't worry. Um, but whenever I've been talking to people about the movie, I'm like, it's just, it's so good. And I try to explain it a little bit. But every time I've talked about it, I end it with saying, you just got to go see it. Like, you, you just, you just got to go see it. People who have written reviews on it uh, have been saying, like, yeah, it's a movie, but honestly, being in the theater watching it, it felt more like an event. It just felt like something you just, you just got to experience it. You got to try it out for yourself. And I think, you know what, that, the same thing is true to such a heightened degree about God and the promises that he makes. I can talk myself silly up here telling you about how faithful God is and how good God is and how he sees his word through, but it will just be empty words unless you try it for yourself. It'll just be a review that somebody wrote online, and it may, it may inspire you for a day, may encourage you for a day, but until you have actually given in and said, you know what, I'm going to test God at his word. I'm going to experience the promises for myself. I'm not just going to try to get close to this person, this middleman who tells me what God is like. I'm actually going to try to experience him for myself. And once you do, you will see that there is a God who wants to be with you, who wants to be in you, who wants to work for you and wants to work through you. He wants to prove his promises. Every single promise that he has ever made, he wants to prove it through you. Not through me telling you how good he is. Not through me telling you how great he is. He wants you to experience that for yourself. And no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, God wants to work and move and speak through you. You. (laughs) Not me. You. Not Pastor Brenda. You. Not the staff here at Cornerstone. You. He wants to work, speak, and move through you. You do not have to be special. You have to be available. That's it. You, this, isn't, this isn't the days anymore where the special middleman stands up and tells you exactly who God is, and you just take him at his word. Those days are over. Those days are gone. God is not spoken of. He speaks for himself. Jesus is not spoken of. He speaks for himself, and he wants you to try him out for yourself. You don't have to be special, just faithful. God doesn't just speak through the chosen elect few. And let me tell you, Cornerstone, we are trying our best to live this reality out every possible way that we can. You may have not even noticed it, but we have made little changes around here to help illustrate, to help symbolize the fact that we put our money where our mouth is and we truly believe that there aren't select, special Christian people who are better than everybody else here and we hold them in a different regard. And if you get close enough to them, If you get close enough to Pastor Jacob and you rub shoulders with me, maybe some of God's promise will fall on you. (laughs) Maybe maybe some of God's blessing will will like get passed off onto you. We have tried to kill that notion. Um, we, We do things like you may have not even noticed this. If you wanted to find out who was on staff at Cornerstone, what you used to do was go to cornerstonechurch.info, 
sign on to our website, click the tab that says about us, and then under there, there would be a little thing that says leadership. And you click on that, and then boom, there we are. All of our beautiful smiling faces, right? Like a little, a little glamour shot, uh, smiling on the website, trying to look, you know, trying to look appealing. <laughs> and that's how, that's how you would know who was in leadership here at the church. Who's the leaders? Who are the special people? <laughs> who, who are the people who are closer to God than everybody else around here? The, the ones who are up here and then the rest of the church is down here. You know how you find us now? Same thing, cornerstonechurch.info, click on about us, and then now there's a tab that says staff. You want to know why? Because that's what we are. We're the staff. We're the people who are on payroll here <laughs> to try our best to bring our church into the future that we feel like God is calling us to. But we are not special. We, we don't have some special access. that I don't. Let me tell you, I don't have extra pages in my Bible that you don't. I'm like, oh, your Bible ends at Revelation? <laughs> oh, interesting. I've got some... <laughs> Some of us have been blessed with a few other books. I'm sorry that you don't have those, but just let me be your middleman. Let me tell you what God's promising for you, and, and I'll, I'll let you know which way to go because I'm one of the specials. I'm one of the elect. We've done away with that. <laughs> we don't want anyone thinking that. Same thing, our, our board of directors used to be called our leadership board, and we changed that. Our board of directors is called our board of directors because that's what they do. They help direct the, the overall mission of the church. They help give guidance and oversight. So we change the name because we don't want anyone having the impression that there are certain people who are just better than everyone else. There's certain people who are just more godly than everybody else. No, we are a church that is full, including our staff, including our board of directors, including your pastor. We are a group of imperfect people who are trying our best to pursue holiness and follow Jesus the best that we can through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we are every single person in this church because there is no more middleman. There is no more middleman. God doesn't just work through the few select chosen people. God wants to work and speak and move through everybody, everybody. He used to speak through the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to all of us through his son. And he wants to speak through you and he wants to talk through you and he wants to work through you. In fact, do we, have, do we have anybody in this room who is an MP at Cornerstone, a ministry partner? If you are, can you raise your hand? Anybody online, put it in the chat, little raise hand. Look around this room. See, that right there shows you this is not a one man or one woman show. Like, it's just not. That's not how the kingdom of God is supposed to work. And any church, I promise you, any church that's making a difference for the kingdom of God, any church that's making a difference, they would be able to do the same thing, have hands go up all around the sanctuary because there's not just a few select, chosen perfect people who run this thing. It's all of us. It's all of us imperfectly trying to chase after our Savior who is leading the way. That's what it is, because God works through all of us. He works through all of us. So that means we don't have to take others at their word about God. We can check it out for ourselves. We can take God at his word about himself. He speaks for himself. He makes promises for himself and delivers on them himself. I, I, guys, I could talk the rest of our time. I could talk the rest of the morning. I could talk to the Browns game kicks off tomorrow, five o'clock in the afternoon, about how God has fulfilled his promises for me, about all these different ways, about how Romans 8.28 is true, that God truly does work all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose 
that as I have followed God and as I've trusted him as best as I can, that he has proven faithful time and time again. His love has sustained me time and time again. His forgiveness has met me where I am time and time again. I could, I could tell you all of these times where God's promises have come true, but I don't want you to take me at my word for it. I don't want that. I want you to try it for yourself. I want you to try it for yourself. I don't want, Sunday should not be your church day. You should be trying this for yourself all week. All week. Getting into, into communion and relationship with God all week and just allowing him to prove his promises to be true. Not trying to just snuggle up to his promises on Sunday every morning and then get back away from him and then come back next week. Like, no, we, we, we need to be investigating and, and testing him all week. Like, God, hey, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. You've made these promises, and I'm not taking the pastor's word for it anymore. I am actually going to trust you and step out in faith and believe you to be good at your word. And he's done it for me. He's done it for others, and he will do it for you. He'll do it for you because he wants to do it through you. He wants to work through you. God, who used to be spoken of, wants to speak for himself in your life. I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come back up. As they do, I just want to remind everybody what we're celebrating exactly at Christmas time. Just remind everybody what, what we're really doing every single Christmas. What we are doing is we are celebrating and remembering the fact that Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise that God has made. Jesus is the fulfillment of every single promise God has ever made. It finds its fulfillment. It finds its pinnacle in the person of Jesus. You see, God, in the book of Genesis, we actually see God make the first promise. In the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, the first book of the Bible, we're only three chapters in, we already screwed things up. <laughs> Three chapters in, and we sinned. We believed that we should be in the place of God, that we knew what was best for us. And mankind, we rebelled. We turned our back on God. And in doing so, we brought upon ourselves sin and death. We did that to ourselves. But God, being the God who leads with love, decided this is not going to be the end of the story. I'm going to bring a rescuer, a redeemer. I'm going to rescue this situation. And God made a promise in Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, that one of these days, the enemy, the accuser, Satan, the one who deceived the world, that one of these days his head would be crushed under the heel of the Messiah. He made that promise, and then thousands of years later, he fulfilled it. He called his shot, and then he knocked it out of the park. By sending Jesus at Christmas, Jesus coming, living a perfect life, dying a death that we deserved, rescuing us from sin and death by triumphing over on the cross, and then rubber stamping and validating everything by three days later rising from the dead. That's the greatest promise that has ever been made, the greatest promise that has ever been delivered on. It's Jesus. It's Jesus and what he has accomplished. So the fact of the matter is, is that in Jesus, we have something better than a promise. Promises are great, but in Jesus, we have something better than promise. We have a person, an actual person that we can follow. We have something better. We have someone. <laughs> and we have someone that we can stake our life to, that we can follow through no matter what life throws our way, and we can trust that he will be good on his word to see us through. But like I said, we have to be available. 
We have to be available. That's, that's all God is looking for. He's not looking for you to be perfect. He's looking for you to be available. He's not looking for you to be holy instantly. He's looking for you to be available. He just wants people who are saying, God, hey, I am willing to take you at your word. I'm willing to trust in your promises, and I'm willing to follow you as my king. And so that's what I want to challenge all of us today as we close out today's service is are you willing and are you ready to follow Jesus as your king? To truly trust him and to take him at his word when he makes promises to us. I want to tell you, it's, it's the only promise I'll make to you today. He's good on his word. <laughs> I can promise you that. But I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to choose to trust him. I want you to choose to believe in his word. I want you to choose to trust in his promises. And if you are willing to do that, in these next moments as the worship team leads us, I would like, I don't want everyone to just stand up instantly. What I would like is if you are ready to make that commitment to follow Jesus as your king, to truly trust him and take him at his word and follow where he leads, at that moment, to stand up and worship. At that moment to say, you know what, I, I'm making my declaration today. That could mean you've already been following Jesus and you're just re-upping on that commitment today. That could mean you're making it for the first time ever or that you used to follow, but man, you've been straying for a while and you're recommitting again today to following him, to believing him, to be good on his word. But wherever you're at, I cannot stress enough, it's time to trust in Jesus because we have seen time and time again, he makes promises and he delivers on them. There is no middleman anymore. You don't have to be worried, no badly, how bad you've been burned in the past. You don't have to worry about that anymore. God does not need to be spoken of. God speaks for himself, and he's speaking to you right now. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.